said takes place between 7 a.m. and 8 a.m. Welcome to the, tw to the 24th, not the Wikipedia Weekly. I'm your host, Mitch Zinia, with your, um, with the following people. B-Stone. Hello. Darova. Hi. Gerard. Hi. Steve. Hi. <laughs> S.T. Walker, sir. Hi. Today is our first real episode since the Arbcom Follies, and we will cover a little bit of that later in the episode. But to, to start off, we have Steve doing, with the, with the being our 24th episode, we have Steve doing a Wikiproject 24 report, and I'll hand it over to you. Alright, um, well, um, I'm, I know that, uh, and I'll get Drover to help me out here, but I know that, um, the Wikiproject 24 is not really known not really known well from um um uh well it's it's not really known well because we don't have any participants but um I'm pretty much just going to use this opportunity to uh to raise awareness of uh, the project and um we have quite a lot of articles but many of them aren't uh, aren't very good they're just mainly plot summaries and you know, I know, I know there are fans of 24 out there, but um, maybe we don't, they don't know about the project, or but um, but yeah. And do you have anything to chip into, Trevor? Yes, I do. Um, first, uh, let's explain. 24 is a TV series. Not everybody who listens to this would list would be coming from a place where 24 is broadcast. I guess. Um, and would you like to talk about the episodes and characters arbitration that um, kind of changed the shape of how your project has been running? And I know you've gotten at least one good article since then uh, mm -hmm. by, uh, you know, following the, the parameters set down by that, and you've been working on improving third-party sourcing and, and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, would you like to talk about the the good articles that, that came about? Because I know we both know that <laughs> a little bit of depth. Yes. Well, um, this actually all started because there was a mediation cable case where there was a user who was merging a lot of articles because they had no third-party sourcing, and uh, this was a real issue. And as of that, our articles have pretty much uh, halved because of that. But um. You know, I've been, uh, you know, going through a long list and finding third-party sources, and I've had a fair bit of help doing it. And, um, you know, I got the article Martha Logan to good article status because um, basically no one had looked for sources, and looking, we found quite a lot of sources. And I think it's a fact that we just don't have enough help to do things. I mean... There's quite a lot of articles in the project that can be get to good article status or better, but it's just a matter of not having help. And I also think the fact that we had a mediation cable case and also the episodes and characters uh, ABCOM case uh, was pretty much a motivation for um, uh, for us to pretty much um, get a move on and actually do something and. Um, the wiki project has been, uh, fa was founded in 2006 and it was inactive for quite a time and I restarted the project on April 6th, uh, this year. So 
since then, um, we've had a lot more productive discussions about um, bat merging characters, and uh, you know, it's been a lot more productive. And I just think that with more help, it would become even more so productive. <coughs> yeah. You got anything else to over? Actually, we had a little bit of a technical glitch there, mm -hmm. so I'm not sure. Um, I was going to mention the article that uh, was raised to GA. Did you mm -hmm. get into that? Not really. Okay. Not a lot. Wonderful. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll give a little bit of background. A lot of people sort of assume that, well, if it's television, how important can it be? And um, it turns out 24, has it actually won any awards, or was it just nominated? Oh, it's it's won many Emmy awards. It's won many any any awards, so that's like the highest award in television. Um, and there was a character who was in one of the more important seasons, who um, was modeled after uh, a historic figure from the Watergate scandal. Um, what was her name again? The uh, character um, Martha. The character? Yeah. Uh, was Martha Logan. Watergate figure. Martha uh, Logan, but then it was Martha Mitchell who was the... Yes. Um, yeah, it turns out, and I actually haven't been aware of this, um, that one of the major reasons why the Watergate scandal broke in the first place was that the wife of the United States Attorney General spoke to the press and she did not respect what her husband was doing. She was going to tell the truth regardless of the consequences. He went to prison for it, but she spoke up. And mm. so this character who in, in the series is the first lady of the United States is modeled after the historic figure. Um, mm. The historic figure was accused of being mentally ill. <laughs> But turned out not to, um, and you know. But which her accusations at first seemed so outlandish that that people just dismissed them. She must be nuts. Uh, until more evidence came along and correlated it. And in the series, they they play up the mental illness a bit. Mm. And uh, the New York Times praised it, and we had a good article about it. Um, and it actually mm. that. that uh, the, yeah, I mean, you've got some serious historical background to uh, a very well-written character. Hmm. Hmm, yeah. So I'm just putting in my little plug for television. It doesn't completely fry your brain in all instances. Hmm. Guess it's time we move on. Yep. Next sec next topic would be about the ARBCOM follies, as I said we mentioned later in the episode. So I'll turn this over to Rova for the um, introduction. Hi, well, um, there is a request for comment on the arbitration committee, which has been um, open for uh, several days now, and um, I probably check in on what's happened in you know, maybe the last today, but um, when it was first opened, 
there was a strong move for a while to just close it down. Um, some people who were very aggressive um, thought that it, it couldn't lead to anything good, and there was a motion to suspend it, and so forth. Um, early on, the motion to suspend went as much as four to one in favor of suspending, but um, the last I checked, it was more than nine to one opposing the, the suspension, and it looks like serious things are getting discussed, and it's mostly on track, um, talking about process and, and scope of the mandate type uh, issues rather than rehashing grievances from particular cases. And if it's based on target, it could be very beneficial. The only, the only, well, the biggest issue at this point is that it's getting so large. There are many proposals, and uh, it's getting a bit hard to read through. You could say that again, Daroba. Uh, yeah, um, just, I mean, you know, I, go ahead. Well, I, I have a couple thoughts on this. It, it's something I've been following rather closely and, and putting a and also on the uh, administrative notice board subpage. Um, getting past the current controversies of you know FT2 supposedly on behalf of the committee and then the committee coming out saying, no, you're not speaking on behalf of us. Getting past that, this recent episode and also the whole check user issue before that where they attempted to promote someone to check user and the community basically said no. Um, it's, been bringing <laughs> up a, <laughs> it's been bringing up a lot of discussion regarding what exactly is the scope of the arbitration committee. And some people have been saying the arbitration committee should be limited to actual arbitration um, and not – be expanding their scope into other areas such as appointing check users with little to no community input um, and establishing Wikipedia policy, which it seems to be somewhat recently that's exactly what they did um, in, the, in the whole footnote um, case. The check user part at least is, is historical. They, they do select check users. That's typically something that they've done. Uh, generally, oh, yeah, people yes. who they've selected in the past are much better known than the most recent um, than the most recent uh, appointment or near appointment. Um, and this is the first one I can think of that's really been uh, controversial. Right, um, and it's bringing up a, a larger issue, I think. Uh, which is why does the arbitration committee – I, I want to put emphasis on the word arbitration – have any sort of, of basis or need to appoint check users? Why is that not firming in the hands of the community? After all, the community is who decides who becomes an administrator, who becomes a bureaucrat, also who becomes a member of the arbitration um, committee. Just can – I, can I chip in here? Sure, please. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's uh, possibly a concern over. Uh, I know some people consider the RFA model as broken because at points it's turning into a popularity contest, and certain things like check usership shouldn't really be a popularity contest. I mean, on a smaller wiki where I am, there's a little bit of a discussion at the moment about me appointing a check user and. Um, 
someone wasn't too happy about it. But um, I think it's more, it's not a popularity contest. It's more... You guys there? Yes, here. Well, we yep. seem yeah. to have... Uh, okay, some of us have lost uh, voice with Steve. Hi, can we... Can Okay, quick, quick voice check from the top. Mitch, yeah. just say hi. Mitch, do we have you? Okay, question on Mitch. Beastone, can you say hi? I'm here. Yep. Okay. Harold? I'm back. Steve? I don't hear from Steve. ST Watcher? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, ST? I'm here. Okay, I'm we're, all, here. we're all good. Yeah, we, okay. we just... we Yeah. Okay, getting getting back to where we were. Steve, can you just uh, re rephrase the last part of what you said? Yeah, I think um, I think uh, people consider the RFA models broken. So um, doing such a model for check usership probably wouldn't be the right way to go. And I'm not sure what the best way would to be, but I don't think that such a model for um, Pointing check users would be appropriate, as as is something for like RFA. Well, um, the thing is, is that the fundamental way that Wikipedia makes decisions is based census, and it seems to me, and in, in, in basis of a of an essay that I recently wrote, which you could find under my uh, user space, um, I believe that the ARBCOM is an act of violation of the policy of consensus by unilaterally appointing and deciding on who gets to be a check user and not having the community's input into almost any aspect of that. And so there is a there is a policy proposal, a re- request for check usership, um, which has gotten a fair bit of discussion recently. I'm a big fan of this one, actually, and I know majorly – uh, the, the administrator majorly also has been has been uh, hawking this one. Um, it, it, this proposal would set up a situation in which the community and ARBCOM would have to be in agreement about who would become a check user. Uh, perhaps the mechanism would be first ARBCOM would would investigate someone and determine whether or not they were trustworthy enough, and then the community would go ahead and it, attempt to obtain consensus. Or perhaps it would be all the other way around. First, the community obtains consensus, and then ARBCOM investigates the person, which seems to me to be the happy medium of the two. You know, I would kind of, if it were up to me, I would do it in the other direction, because wouldn't it be kind of a scarlet letter on somebody's chest if they passed the community support with flying colors and then, for mysterious reasons unknown, I mean, that just sounds like a very political thing, because what would probably stop it, let's be honest, is a serious concern about the person's integrity. Right. And And uh, and so everybody winds up asking, and so wouldn't it be, um, wouldn't it be a bit more um, diplomatic that there would be, you know, Maybe a notice that so and so is under consideration. Uh, you know, uh, people who have concerns to express um, may do so to the arbitration committee. Right. And then, if everything turns out right, um, you know, then it goes to the community's uh, approval. 
But um, if I, there are skeletons in the closet, you know, I mean, there can be stuff that's not skeleton in the closet that comes to light beforehand. But if the community is pretty much approved everything that's out in the open, and at that point, Arbcom, you know, makes the final call, I just, I've seen enough wiki politics. <laughs> well, certainly. Yeah. And, and, you know, recently, Arbcom has demonstrated that they're a bit of a dysfunctional group. I mean, they simply have too much power, too much work to do. There's not enough of them. I mean, the fact that there are inactive Arbcom members is simply horrifying and outrageous. The fact well, that people I, I, can okay, run for why, oh, sure. why do people why do people presume that that there are not enough of them? I mean, one of the big problems, and this is one of the reasons why I was hoping we'd get an arbitrator here. One of the big problems that I hear them expressing is how difficult it is to herd fifteen cats, or fifteen minus however many are recused this week. Yeah. But uh, you know that it's difficult enough to get, especially in something urgent like what happened um, if following the contradictory announcements by um, Kira Lokshin and FT2. And um, frankly, I'm not certain that, I mean, you know, it was presented in the beginning that FT2 alone and then the committee as a body, it was actually FT2 and then Kirill specifically speaking for himself. Right. And then confusion afterward of, well, okay, um, well, you know, would the rest of you please speak, uh, step forward and, and some delay in doing so because they couldn't all be uh, contacted over a weekend. And would having 24 instead of 15 make that kind of situation easier or worse? Well, If it's 20 what? people reading and debating the same material um, without things getting apportioned differently, then... You know, I think that simply assuming there are not enough arbitrators, uh, let's let's look at it. I mean, I, it, there might we might need more, but let's let's be a little careful what our basis for assumption as we discuss this art. That's all I'm saying. Certainly, uh, in response to that, I would say that if we're not going to add more administrators, then in my opinion, we should do away with the with the sorry not adding additional arbitrators. We should do away with the arbitration committee, which arguably has too much power, too much scope, and not enough community uh, responsiveness, meaning that they're not answerable to the community. Um, then we should break them up into smaller committees, uh, one handling simply dispute resolutions that just you know come to a head that no one else could solve, and another one dealing with, with interpersonal you know. At, Editor problems, you know, such as you know, flame wars and personal attacks, things like that. We Isn't have another. That known as the mediation committee. Yes, however, the mediation committee could easily be bypassed by someone going right to Arbcom and filing for a case. Uh, so they reject it and send it to Medcom. Right, and then the thing is that Medcom can't help everything. For example, if there's a problem between two editors that are are having a flame war with each other, Medcom's Charter specifically says that they do not get they, involved in interpersonal editorial issues. That's solely the yeah. area for administrators in the arbitration committee. So yeah, the, so I the arbitration committee has so much work to do. I think we should just chop it up into smaller committees, and that would make things more efficient. Yeah, but just, who who is going to be uh, the one uh, defining what committee is going to do what? And if one specific committee has too much uh, 
caseloads, how do you then uh, make this uh, caseload go away and make it scale? Because in the end, but it's I, about scalability. When I've talked to arbitrators, they tell me that the most cumbersome part of their job is dealing with requests for unblock or requests for unban. Now, suppose we had, we, we, we broke that off. I think it would be possible to, to do that or, or um, if, if the community approved of this, um, possibly have a committee that would largely be made up of former arbitrators uh, in, in order to handle that specific function. And if that one thing were, I mean, let's, some of the arbitrators have to say whether, you know, how much would it um, lighten their burden and simplify things if, if that particular thing that they say is the biggest part of their job were lifted from them. I mean, part of the problem is that the rest of us are somewhat peeling in the dark. Um, I mean, I've been in the arbitration cases. I communicate with not all of, but, you know, um, several arbitrators. You know, I'm not saying that I'm speaking for anybody. We're speaking for me. I'm not. But um, just from having talked to them and uh, them sharing the kind of stuff that they're at liberty to, um, this is the impression I get of where their workload is. I hope it's accurate. But maybe we should be seeking you know, um, a dialogue with them to say, hey, what would make your job easier and more effective? Um, yeah, that, that seems fair. And I think that it's, it's pretty clear that, um, that they would be in favor of such a thing. And if they're not in favor of such a thing, then you know, it just might mean that they enjoy the increased workload. I mean, arbitration committee might be able to maintain and keep themselves as some sort of wiki Supreme Court. Um, but, of course, just like the Supreme Court of the United States, they get thousands of cases appealed to them every year, and they accept a very small number of cases. And so if there was an appeals committee for unblock that dealt with all the unblock requests that, that were elevated from just normal administrator review, then that would – it certainly take a tremendous burden off of the arbitration committee. And if someone really was upset or did not feel that they got a fair shakedown with the appeals committee, they could apply to ARBCOM, but the ARBCOM could just easily reject the case. But certainly this would eliminate, as you said, the backlog of their own work. And then while we're doing that, we should certainly consider chopping up ARBCOM into other committees, such as, like I said, a, a dispute committee, uh, another one dealing with uh, interpersonal issues, uh, which is a little bit silly, um, but perhaps necessary because this is the Wikipedia after all. Hmm. Uh, I, I just yeah, think we all that. Have to collaborate with some people don't. Well, well what yes. do you mean by what do you mean by Arbcom dealing with disputes? Because uh, well, you've well, got well, content uh, disputes. Yeah, content disputes. Simply as you know, as simple I, as that. I don't think... you know, I think, you know, and I've discussed this with the mediation committee mailing lists on quite a difficult case I'm taking at the moment, and uh, um, this is not my current case, but they said um, that Abcom can't rule on content, and obviously for the reason that, uh, you know, let's say you've got five editors and then Abcom says, okay, this is what's going to happen, but what happens when a new editor comes into the editing area? You know, yeah, just putting a binding decision on something like content's just not 
it, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, it could be a case-by-case sort of situation. It doesn't necessarily have to be uniform or universal to all uh, to all articles, and that could be clearly stated in the charter of whatever committee we want to call this, call it the Content Appeals Committee. You know, that all rulings are specific to the cases that have been appealed to them and are, and are not necessarily meant to determine, you know, editorial conduct and an article, an article uh, creation and and content on, on on other articles, which to me seems seems perfectly fine. Um, of course, if they were getting you know wildly contradictory cases, that would serve to be very confusing. So it'd have to be you know very specific. But then again, there aren't too many cases that have to make their way to the ARBCOM or similar sorts of committees. Um, administrators and people at the mediation committee do a fantastic job of handling with people, these things. People at the mediation cave will do a good job as well. Oh, absolutely. Beeston yeah. and Steve, could I could I suggest something here? Because I don't think we'll necessarily come up with the solution for ARGPOM in part of one episode of Not Wikipedia Weekly, but um, I think there might be a, a ground, uh, like a, a sort of a, a basic level where we can probably agree is that it's been about four and a half years since ARCOM was first set up. It went into operation in April of 2004 and had been in the works for a few months before that. And between then and now, when you think about how much the site has grown and how much its prominence has grown, um, ARCOM itself is not a particularly scalable idea, and the challenges that they face now are very different from what they faced more than four years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, since they derive their mandate from the community, now is a, a good time both with seeing certain cracks in the seams and, and simply the structural changes that's happened over this long time. To, to re-examine that mandate and, and possibly revise it. Um, parts of it do need to be updated because the challenges they face are different and the community has or should have a voice in, in finding those new things. I think part of the problem with the community dissatisfaction is that the arbitration committee has been searching for those new solutions pretty much on their own. Mm-hmm. And Maybe they should have sought community um, feedback more than they have. Uh, okay. But um, now we've got a request for comments set up that is a starting point for doing that. And I think it's a good idea to, to have a dialogue and to, to step back and rethink what uh, this is all about. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone's ever told you, but you have a very elegant way of putting things. <laughs> Thank you. And... and, and <laughs> Right, and and on, on that note, um, I have to take my leave as my guests have arrived. So this is B-Stone signing off. Thank you for the chat. Well, thank you for joining us. On that note, I am going to move on to the next section, which would be um, Babel Templates with Gerard. And it's up to you. Hi. Um, the Babel Templates um, are uh, something that are used on many uh, wikis, 
And the way it typically works is that uh, uh, the templates are copied from one uh, project to another, to another, to another. So the same uh, um, templates are used all over the place. And uh, as it is, we have something like 700 different projects. And uh, there are people who would like to inform about their uh, language capabilities on all the projects that they are working on. Uh, I, for instance, have something like 414 uh, different um, uh, profiles on wikis, and I would be really, 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 really happy if I could uh, standardize the way in which I signal my language capability um, um, now, the way uh, we uh, have about it is that there are several issues here. And the first thing is that if you start copying uh, uh, templates, then it is a never-ending story because uh, then, uh, there are something like uh, 200 uh, and uh, what 50 or something uh, languages that we do uh, have projects for but there are people who speak other languages as well so the number of languages that we have is quite uh, enormous what you also have is uh, you want to be able to um, uh, you uh, the, a language is also uh, needs to uh, take into account things like uh, right to left uh, things and uh, in the typical um, implementation of uh, the uh, language templates, you also get a something like two uh, categories per uh, template. So the amount of work that is involved in implementing the, uh, the templates is quite a lot. Now, uh, this is something that uh, is not only uh, uh, a problem in the Wikimedia Foundation, but also outside of the Wikimedia Foundation. So at BetterWiki, uh, we came up with a solution, and that is make an extension that uh, has the localization done at BetterWiki and uh, one set of software that can be used on all the Wikimedia Foundation projects. Now, the cool thing is that um, the implementation as we have it is configurable, so you can specify uh, which levels you want to use, and uh, basically we have uh, at this moment in time uh, five different, uh, no, six different uh, levels, so uh, 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 quite, uh, no, seven even. Uh, they are uh, the ones that are used, for instance, on the English Wikipedia and elsewhere. Now, basically, they are, uh, if you are a native speaker or if you are uh, using a language professionally, if you have a near-native uh, capability, uh, an advanced knowledge, intermediate knowledge, uh, basic knowledge, or no knowledge at all. Now, <clears throat> These uh, things are not uh, something that uh, are truly scalable because, uh, and, and some people see that as an issue. For instance, if you have somebody who says, I'm a native speaker of English, then it doesn't mean at all that he is uh, really uh, capable of expressing uh, English well. 
Uh, I was uh, working in English uh, for some time at the Royal Mail, and my colleagues used to ask me to look over their uh, text because they found that my grammar was better than theirs. Now, obviously, their idiom is better than mine, So, uh, but the, the point that I'm trying to make is that uh, some of these uh, uh, levels of, or, um, uh, don't indicate uh, that much. They gave, give a clue. Anyways... With um, with an extension, it is possible to have uh, the uh, the same software else everywhere. And given that we have an extension that can be implemented el uh, everywhere, it is not that difficult to make it part of the global uh, single user login profile. So if you have, uh, if you, if we start, when we start to consider that this is something that makes sense, then uh, finding the Babel information for people could be as easy as one click away. Well, that's basically uh, the the bare bones of it. Um, the issue at this moment in time is that some people uh, like templates, and from my perspective, uh, I hate templates. And the reason is that uh, if you are a programmer and uh, or a geek and you spend an awful lot of time on these templates, then at some stage it uh, will work uh, for you. But when you are looking at the particularly at the smaller projects, then uh, you don't have uh, typically have a person uh, who knows how to deal with uh, te uh, uh, with templates. So. Uh, and we have software that does provide us with the Babel information. I'm guessing that's it. Well, okay. from my perspective, if there are any questions, if there are people who... Uh, then this is a great moment to ask them to discuss it. So why are some people why are some people opposing this idea? Well, the, uh, to a large extent, I don't understand it really. Um, uh, there is one thing that uh, happened is that on the on Meta there ha is a project where they uh, um, uh, changed the way the Babel information worked, and basically they want their Babel system. Now, uh, from my perspective, uh, uh, I, I don't like templates, and uh, they have a template-driven solution. And when you start thinking templates, then you also get things like, how are we going to deal with templates and how are we going to distribute the plates and all that kind of good stuff. Now, some people... I, I, uh, I, 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 sorry, excuse me, Herod, I just realized something I should have said at the beginning uh, of the point where I asked, well, why do some people not agree? Um, just for our listeners, I did send out um, an invitation for more guests here to express different points of view. I sent it out to the... Um, Foundation mailing list uh, today, which was pretty much as soon as we decided to discuss this here, and uh, it was an open invitation for people of, of 
all points of view on this to participate. Harrod is our, our sole contributor here, so um, you're in a bit of well, either you have the soapbox all to yourself, or or you have to play devil's advocate um, a little bit. Well, please continue. I'm sorry. Well, as I say, there are people who have uh, uh, done a different implementation on um, on Meta, and it has a different structure than the uh, way it uh, is used on uh, all the other projects. Uh, so that is there is a little bit of friction there. Uh, what you also have is there are people who want to have uh, templates who uh, can be uh, imp who are implemented at uh, comments and be uh, used in the same way as um, uh, pictures all over uh, the Wikimedia Foundation projects. Now. Uh, that makes sense uh, uh, up to a point because the big problem with templates is that they ha uh, typically have a visible aspect and this visible aspect is something that uh, needs localization. Localization at this moment in time we do at BetterWiki and that basically brings me back to the whole thing that uh, if you want to do localization, if you want to have functionality shared over more than 250 uh, different languages, then it is not simple. And uh, just saying like some people do, uh, forget about extension because we can use the extensions uh, from comments. I don't think it will cut it. But yeah, as, as you say, Dorova, uh, sadly there are no people who uh, have a different opinion, so we don't have much of a discussion on this. Any comments before I move on? No. Okay, our fourth um, topic would be is language policies. And we'll move back to Gerard, who is covering that too. <laughs> yeah, well, this is another butte. Uh, at this moment in time, uh, there is on uh, Meta a discussion going on uh, about what the next um, um, language policy should look like. And uh, there are loads of people and they have all kinds of opinion. And uh, from my perspective, uh, if I, what I am for in a language policy is something that makes sense, that is, um, uh, that is uh, understandable, that is easy to uh, implement, and that is in fact something that we have in the current policy. Now, the current policy is not perfect. And uh, the, the, so uh, there is room for improvement. Now, the, uh, the issue is very much uh, to what extent uh, uh, is it, quote, unquote, the community that uh, has uh, a few people who are opinions and to what extent is it uh, uh, the people who implement policies who basically keep things sane in such a way that it is easy to implement, easy to do, and has the uh, benefits as we have experienced them in the current policy. 
So he, this is very much a uh, a question of uh, who is the community and to what extent does it matter what uh, quote unquote uh, the community uh, says. Now, this is your choice, chance. <laughs> I'm guessing we have no contributors to this topic. Oh well, what can I say? Actually, I think that there was a Skype technical problem. Some of this lost, uh, lost sound. I just got mine back, and I think Steve Walkerster still doesn't have his. Ah, okay. Well, I've just got mine back as well. Okay, so in the, in short, uh, there is a, a situation where the uh, where you have a functional uh, language policy that is not perfect, and you have people uh, clamoring to change the policies, uh, have it uh, theoretically optimal but not functional uh, in a way that uh, people who have to work with it can implement it. Now, the question is very much who has the last word, the quote-unquote community, or is it something that uh, has to function and has to work? And how do you weigh uh, the value of uh, the current practices that have uh, demonstrated uh, to have uh, clear benefits, and to what extent uh, uh, do you allow for people who say, no, 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 uh, it should be less stringent, it should be easier, and all that kind of stuff. Now, I hope that you have heard that bit. Yes, it came through loud and clear. Thank you very much. Thanks. I hope it did That's for everyone else, say. too. Yeah, I heard well, it. Um, yeah, I think a part of it is the question of how many of us get involved in, in which types of issues on which projects. I mean, the meta issues are very important, and the, uh, fostering um, language development of Wikipedias in languages other than English is very important globally. And um, not all of us spend as much time as we should, uh, you know, helping out with that. Well, I can contribute to the Malay Wikipedia, but that's about it, apart from English. You can contribute oh. somewhere where you understand. Absolutely. Well, but the, but the, the problem is uh, uh, I am in the language committee and uh, with something like 414 uh, uh, user profiles on different uh, wikis, you will appreciate that uh, most of the languages that I uh, project that I uh, contribute to, I only uh, communicate in English. Now, uh, what is uh, obvious is that if people like myself who don't speak 414 languages uh, have to deal with these things, it has, to be, uh, it has to be done in such a way that I can at least understand what languages we are talking about. And that is often an issue because people say things like, we have this language and we call it this and we want a project because we feel that it is important for us to have it. 
and when you uh, look at it, it doesn't conform to any standard. It doesn't have, uh, or it has a script that is like recently uh, there was a request for uh, a Cyrillic Polish Wikipedia. Uh, how, how do you deal with that? that? Uh, it, the most notorious example of that that I'm aware of was the Siberian Wikipedia. Yes. Uh, you're, yeah, um, for those of you who are not familiar with that, Siberian, you would think, might be a dialect of Russian or something. It wasn't. Somebody thought it was a joke to create a Wikipedia that was... Russian with as many curse words as possible. That was the project, and it took a year to shut it down. Yes. So one of the yeah, current really uh, so, so one of the current uh, things that we do in the language policy, uh, people have to say upfront what language it is that they are going to write in. And uh, even though we cannot uh, read it and understand it, we can find people who can verify uh, if the language is indeed uh, what it is uh, said to be. So uh, for the Karalapak uh, language, for instance, we had a professor who teaches Karalapak in, I forgot what town he, he uh, 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 teaches in, and uh, he confirmed to us that it was indeed in that language. So that was uh, the reason why we uh, were able to give the green light for the start of that language. Now, obviously, uh, uh, it is as good as it gets. Uh, there is so much that we can do, and it will never be completely perfect, but we do it, we get it as good as we can get it. But people want, still want other things, and the question is, to what extent uh, are standards important? To what extent do we uh, uh, um, require things like localization and to what level? It is those kind of things that uh, are, in my opinion, crucial for the success of the current language uh, policy. Well, we, we, we lack a little bit of time here, Gerard. Um, can, you sum, can you sum it up, please? Well, I think that I think that the current language uh, uh, policy functions is uh, and it is not optimal, and we have to be careful before it gets changed. And okay. Oh, sorry. sorry. Okay. Um, do you wanna um have any final thoughts? Anyone have final thoughts? Well, I would just like to encourage people to contribute to the um, request for comment regarding ARPCOM in the spirit toward let's update this and make it a better project. Well, in that slide... In that light, I want people uh, to understand what the Babel extension is and uh, what we try to do in the language uh, policy. And uh, we definitely need more localizers for languages like Italian and Spanish because it's really crazy that big languages like that have not a 100% localization. And Steve? 
Yeah, and also uh, the uh, 24 Wiki project, if you can, or if that's sort of your area of interest, just uh, it's at WP24, um, and just help out if you can. I guess you can put the end to this then. Um, okay. We're gonna, this is pretty much the end of number tw of episode 24. This is your host, Mitch Zinia, saying goodnight to everyone. <laughs>